0: You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on Stag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. Hi, and welcome to the place where the revolution may not be televised, but
1: it will be podcast. I'm John. And I'm Kate.
0: This is the People's Podcast. Today we're going to be discussing episode 9 of season 5 of The Walking Dead, titled What Happened and What's Going On? As usual, we'll talk about what happened during the episode, following whatever tangents take our fancy, and answer some general questions afterwards.
1: This episode opens with a sort of quite artsy but ominous opening sequence, Mm -hmm. flashes of different things, and the whole thing looks like it's shot on one of those old... Uh, is it like 75mm cameras that they I have, have in no the 70s? Idea. Like with those sort of flares yes. and lens and... Yes. Anyway. And the whole thing looked like the opening credits to The Wonder Years. Right. And there's dirt being dug like a grave. Yes. And there's flashbacks of some of the scenes we've seen from the last seasons. And there's blood dripping onto a really quite poor picture of a...
0: <laughs> cottage. Of a cottage. Yes. And there's Father Useless giving a sermon.
1: Yeah. Once you actually get into the main chronology of the episode... We see a quick set of scenes that explain Rick's group planning to take Noah home and return to the enclave that Noah had come from in Mm -hmm. the first place. And then we see them approaching that spot. So we don't have to watch them travelling for weeks on end. No, that's good. (laughs) So they're approaching the enclave and I quite like the two cars plan. Yes. We don't all just go in together. Yes. Good plan. Good plan. Therese talks about how when he was a kid and he was driving with his father... His father always made sure that they all listened to the radio broadcasts of what was going on around the world, and no matter how horrible the news was, he thought that it was the duty of any
0: person siti- alive. a good citizen.
1: Yeah, it was a good citizen and a good person's job to pay attention to what was going on in the world, even when what was going on in the world was not right. yeah. Yes. So, in this scene, we have Tyrese introducing the metaphor of listening to the radio broadcasts as being able to face up to the reality
0: of the world. mm
1: we also see a couple of things. Uh, Glenn is very angry. Either that or he really hated that CD.
0: <laughs> yes. I wonder if they had been playing it non-stop yes. in the first part of The Car Journey, which they don't show you. And then finally he's just like, can I just have a look at that CD? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> then he just kind of gnaws on it for the rest of the trip until he finally snaps it in half.
1: I don't care if it's the end of the world, we're not listening to The Counting Crows again! <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. They get very close to the enclave, they pull off the road and decide they're going to approach through the woods. They pass a wreck of cars Mm. in the woods and they leave their car sort of snuggled into them. Mm -hmm. There are walker traps that they have to make their way through, although I did think it was weird that there were no walkers in them. Mm. The area seemed pretty highly populated with walkers. Yeah. And it's meant to have been several months, it looks like, since that place really went to shit. Yeah. So... Why are the walker traps... I mean, were they just really ineffectual? They looked really good. They looked
0: really good. We don't know that, for example, the entire place was surrounded with them. Maybe it was something that they thought of, only got a little bit of it done, and so there was actually only a small path. But then, why would they have gone through it? They would have gone around it if it was only a small path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Walkers laughs> I think that basically... might have been writer error. <laughs>
1: Essentially, what that is, is a spider's web for walkers. Yeah, of course. And walkers should be less able than flies to avoid it. Yeah,
0: of in course.
1: This metaphor. Yeah. So, anyway, I thought it was odd. But I think you're right. Probably just they didn't have enough money for those extras or something. <laughs> I don't know. They get to Noah's home, and nobody living is home anymore. It's very sad.
0: And Noah takes it really hard.
1: He breaks down, basically. Mm. And after giving him a moment to say, we're really sorry about what's happened here, they all get really practical. So yes. Tyrese stays with Noah to watch the guy who's having a mental breakdown, mm. and the rest of them head off to scavenge for whatever they can find in the place. Mm. So there's a series of shots of Noah, and then them, and then Noah, and then and the scavengers, but basically the summation of the conversations that happen in this segment of the episode mm. goes a little like this. Glenn is now a pessimist. Mm. He thought that this place would be overrun by walkers before they got there, or at least that it would be ruined in some way. He's struggling to imagine anything going right after what's happened in the last season. Washington turned out to be a bust. They found Beth, but then they lost Beth almost instantly from his point of view. Everything's going to shit, basically. Mm. So he's sort of acting as the devil on the shoulder for Rick. Mm. And on the other shoulder we have Michonne, who's not pretending that everything's not going very badly. She's not being sort of delusionally optimistic, but... Her thing this episode is very much, we need to get somewhere safe. Somewhere safe still exists, and we need to find it. We yeah. can't give up on it existing. Yeah. So we either need to build it for ourselves, or we need to go and find it, but somewhere out there, there is a safe place, mm. and the day that we stop thinking there is, is the day I want out of this. Mm. was the sort of vibe she was giving off.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, very clearly, she said, well, the alternative to hoping is this. Yeah. Half zombie bodies being surrounded by death all the time. Forever.
1: Yeah, until it takes you. Yeah. And so between the devil and the angel, we have Rick. He's in this wavering place where he's thinking about, you know, at one point he would have asked himself, is it the right thing to have killed Dawn? Mm. Was it the right decision to make? And now he's just asking himself whether it matters one way or the other.
0: Mm. Matters to Dawn.
1: Matters to Dawn. But, you know, (laughs) he's in a sort of post-ethics framework.
0: Yeah, which worries me.
1: Oh, yeah, except I don't think it comes from any sort of place of malice or...
0: Well, he's in a post-ethics place when it comes to people that aren't his group. There's an important distinction there. He's still very clear on what's okay and not okay when it comes to the people he cares about.
1: Absolutely. He's not in a post-protection framework. No. So he's in this place where he's wondering if it even matters. Mm. And on the one hand you have Glenn saying, everything's terrible and always will be.
0: Everything is awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
1: on the other hand, you've got Michonne, who is refusing to take on that mm. outlook.
0: Yeah, which I found myself more drawn to, I think. Uh, than, uh, you
1: are an optimistic man.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: I was listening to Glenn going, finally, someone talking some sense!
0: <laughs> no, that's not
1: true. A whole group made out of Glens would be incredibly boring to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can imagine them sitting. what do you want to do today? Wait to die? Yeah. yeah, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sit yeah. in a darkened
1: room and wait to die? Yeah, I'll that. <laughs> so that sums up the discussions that they have. On the other hand, Noah is still very upset and crumpled on the ground. And Tyrese gives a spectacularly <sighs> terrible pep talk It between. does,
0: doesn't he? And I was thinking at the time, I was like, look, I get that there's not a lot of room for sentiment anymore. There's yeah. not a lot of room to feel things... And there's certainly no room to be really self-indulgent with your feelings of grief. That's not a thing anymore. No. But, (laughs) he'd only been there for a few minutes. It was a few minutes, honestly, of him being on the ground inconsolable.
1: And Tyrese was like, get yourself up, shake yourself (laughs) up, start all over again.
0: I wanted to to slap him across the face. I was just like... Are you serious? Like after the amount of angst that you spent when you lost what's her face, whose name I can't even remember now, after the two seasons or something that you spent being grief stricken and angry about that, this kid who's literally lost everyone he ever knew is now not allowed to cry for more than two minutes. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs>
1: Noah obviously agrees with us because as soon as Theresa's is sort of halfway into his pep talk, Noah just gets up and runs off.
0: <laughs> Fuck
1: of this shit! <laughs> but no, it turns out he's heading to Noah's house.
0: Which I uh, you don't just oh, I've entered a ruined place clearly has infested. infested with walkers. You don't just fucking. I mean, what if Tyrus had just gone? Actually, I'm not going to follow him. I mean, he wouldn't have done that. But Noah could have just been running off. Into his death.
1: He could have been. It's skipping ahead a little bit. But there's an interesting parallel in that Noah is there looking at his ruined life. Mm -hmm. Tyrese is there in the home of people he never knew, in a house he's never been in, in a town he's never been to, and it's horrible and sad. And those photos on the wall are very horrible and sad, but... Tyrese is so distracted he gets bitten Yeah. and Noah, whose house it is whose family it is Has
0: to stab his is own the one he without
1: even thinking stabs his own brother in the eye Yeah. so what does that say I mean I know that Noah had some really hopeless moments this episode but <laughs> what does that say about the relative capabilities of Noah and Tyrese in this episode well,
0: sequence? this is jumping ahead slightly but I feel like Tyrese's ultimate fate We've just been building to this moment, really. It
1: certainly felt that way.
0: (laughs) It has felt that way all the way along. His consistent inability to get to grips with what this world is like now and how he has to be and how he has to basically suck it up. After a certain amount of time, you've got to just accept the fact that there are things that you have to be capable of and not spend ages agonising about it afterwards. And he's never been able to do that. When he starts to hallucinate, the people that he's hallucinating... Yes. Apart from the governor, Uh who's putting forward a different point of view, most of those people, you know, Beth and Bob and two girls, they were sort of saying to him, it's okay not to be alright with things. You can just leave. As in, you can just die and you don't have to do it anymore.
1: Yeah. In the flashback hallucination people, I felt like there were basically three teams. Mm -hmm. There was Beth and the two girls Mm -hmm. Essentially they were just a soothing voice Saying it's going to be okay now In fact it's probably better that you're going You've done the hard part now You can actually just relax and go Mm -hmm. And Bob was saying very similar things Except I think that he was in a slightly different team In that he was still in that space Where he was affirming the same sort of pacifism That Therese had That was very much Bob's thing when he was alive. We don't need to be as cold and dark as we want to be in this world. We don't need to be that way. We don't need to give up who we used to be. And so he sort of brought that colour to the team. So maybe that was one team or two, but either way, they were definitely all the sort of positive voices.
0: Yes. And then you
1: had the third team, the definitely not positive voices, (laughs) and you have Catman...
0: Yes. Who is basically? Sorry, I forgot about Catman. Yeah, Catman.
1: How could you forget Catman?
0: Oh, because I hated him.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) When he was arguing with Tyrese in that episode way back when, I basically agreed with Catman. No, I
0: mean this is the thing. I no, I agree with him as well. It's just that (sighs) the whole interaction between Tyrese and Catman was just so unacceptable on so many levels.
1: But none of that was because of Catman.
0: That's true. It's all it
1: <laughs> So anyway, Catman and the Governor form Team Three, which is very much the anti-team. Yeah. And Catman's bringing in the antithesis to Bob, saying, "Actually, if you have that point of view in this world, you're going to be the one who dies, and you're going to take the baby with you." Yeah. Which made a lot of sense coming from his character, given he'd said it before. It was a nice echoing of the actual conversation they'd had. And then the governor really laid on that element of, you know, you have to earn your place in the group that you're in. And even though for the governor that meant something very different to what it means for Rick, mm. a lot of the criticism that can be thrown at Tyrese since the prison mm. is that he hasn't earned his place. Yeah. His view of the world and his view of the way they should act has prevented him from earning his place in this group. Yeah. Yeah. They had a quite interesting collection of characters, each of them shouting or throwing or singing ideas around that central question of Mm. is the view that Tyrese has been holding, this
0: trying to hold on to who he used to be, Mm.
1: is that a valid view to have now? Mm. Is it a viable view to have now?
0: When Tyrese finally gets up and confronts the governor and says, no, no, you're wrong, you're dead, and everything you believed in is dead, Your ideals about the way you need to behave died with you. Mm. Tyrese didn't actually say this, but I felt like it was where he was going. Like, at any moment I expected him to say that he might not be a Rick Grimes, but that him being who he is, is better than being who the governor was. Mm. Despite the fact that he wasn't a Rick Grimes, despite the fact that he couldn't deal with the violence as easily as other people, Mm. he was still better than an actual psychopath. And that, you know, given the choice between them, the vast majority of people would pick Tyrese. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: The other really important point to make in that juxtaposition is that being a total bastard is no guarantee of survival. Yeah. In fact, we've met a whole stream Uh, of of total bastards. bastards Who are all
0: now pushing up daisies. Exactly. Who have
1: beat beat Tyrese to the grave, you know? So both Catman and the Governor Mm. are pretty good examples of that.
0: Yeah. I suppose the theme that comes through in some of the things that Tyrese was hallucinating about, and also through a lot of what Glenn was saying, and also the sort of questions that Rick was posing, were very fatalistic-oriented questions. Is there a point to any of this? Does anything I do really matter? That kind of thing. And I suppose at the end of the day, I think what Tyrese decided was that regardless of how well he did, he did what he could until he couldn't.
1: Yes. You get the impression that he, particularly towards the end of the episode, that Mm. he was at peace with the decisions he'd made. Yes. As you say, he had done his best, which for him meant holding on to who he was Mm. for as long as he could, Mm. until he couldn't, and at the point where he couldn't. Having to stop because he'd been killed rather than having to stop because he was willing to change who he was.
0: Yeah, and he was okay with that. Yeah,
1: gotta wonder how some of the people who've died because of him feel about it, but that's another question. (laughs) 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 So, anyway, in the midst of all the hallucinations, he gets double bitten because he wasn't hopeless enough the first time. (laughs) Really, I mean, (laughs) I felt bad for Tyrese for a while now, from the sort of measure point of view, that I felt bad about what the show was doing to him. Yeah. Like, he was being treated in this terrible way as a character. And now I feel bad because the character got absolutely kicked to death in this last episode. He did
0: decide the second time that that was his only option. Like, if you think about the situation he was in, he lost a lot of blood. Mm. You know, I was thinking at the time, full strength Tyrese could have pushed this zombie away with no. one arm. But with the amount of blood that he would have lost from the first, it was just pouring out of him.
1: You're right. I hadn't accounted for the blood loss. I was sitting there feeling like it was one of those episodes for a naked gun film where he's being attacked and he reaches out to the side table mm. and knocks all of the viable weapons off it has, to, has <laughs> no. to grab the rubber chicken. No,
0: no. He was in a really bad way by the time the second
1: you're right, zombie you're right.
0: attacked. And when he's pushed up against that wall, you can see him desperately with both arms trying to keep this thing away from him. Yeah. This was the choice he was faced with. Eventually, he was going to tire, and the zombie was going to bite his throat out. Yeah, yeah. Or he was going to shove his already bitten forearm into the zombie's mouth while he reached around for for that rock. I got it. I was like, this was his only choice. Well, and,
1: and to be fair, the state like, he was in. W- once you're bitten, what's double bitten? That's right. And he even organised for it to be in the same spot. Yeah, like, what, that's are you, right. what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, that's yeah. right. And for someone who knows how his friends operate, going, right, if I'm going to be bitten again... Let's make it in the same spot so that, you know, when my friends find me and they try and amputate the limb, they don't have to amputate two limbs. Yep. <laughs>
1: so, speaking of his friends, before Noah gets to them, mm. they're continuing their conversation where Michonne's saying we need to build a home and she's pitching for them to stay there and build a home there. Yeah. It's pretty clear very quickly that that's not that viable. The place is pretty busted up.
0: Yeah. She keeps arguing for it until they find that the stone fence is breached in multiple places. Yeah.
1: And is fatally weakened. Yeah. They also find a whole lot of the bottom halves of bodies, Mm. which was really creepy and ominous. Yeah. And obviously paid off later in the episode. Out of the conversation where she's pushing for staying there, she does at least convince Rick that they should make for Washington. He makes that decision. Yes. You get the impression Glenn's a bit like, whatever, you want to be upset again, that's your issue.
0: Well, you know, I mean, that should work. He doesn't seem to care.
1: Oh, yeah, I don't think he's against going. I think he's just annoyed by their optimism.
0: (laughs) Well, in terms of what's going on in this world, Glenn still has a relationship with someone, which almost no one else has.
1: Well, that's true.
0: He's actually got more than most of those people do. Mm. Which makes me a little bit cynical about his cynicism. Like, mm, hmm, yeah... No.
1: (laughs) In many ways, actually, Glenn is the character whose backstory we know the least about. Yeah. And I really do hope that this season we start to see something about, like, what did he lose when this all happened? (laughs) Well, knowing
0: AMC, his backstory is going to be all about him being Asian. (laughs) They're Um, going to be like, well, what do you mean his backstory? He's Asian. That's his backstory. (laughs) His backstory is he's an Asian American okay <laughs> if they make him into some kind of computer nerd, I'm going to punch the TV not actually the TV because I have quite a nice TV and it's I feel weird. like the
1: things but... we know, <laughs> I feel like the things we know are that he played computer games that involve strategy and does he say at some point that he was a pizza delivery guy like in the first couple of episodes? I feel like he did Yeah so anyway that's our entire knowledge of him at this point yes. Hopefully there is more to come.
0: <laughs>
1: Back to the hallucinations. Bob and Catman have this sort of strange interaction of what they're saying, which is that Bob's saying, you know, it's fine that you didn't want to be part of this. That's an okay thing to choose.
0: Mm.
1: And Catman comes in with really the key point, which is that being alive now mm. means being part of this. Yeah. You will need to find a group. You will need to occasionally do stuff that you don't like to survive.
0: That being the, is now. the
1: Yeah, so those are your options. You can be part of it, mm. or you can be dead. Mm. And Tyrese doesn't really get the choice now, but that's no. sort of...
0: No, no. But he doesn't kind of go, oh no, it's too late for me to come to terms with this world. Mm. That's what he doesn't do. Tyrese goes, well, alright then, well, I did the best I could.
1: Well, so I think there's quite an interesting moment when he does actually finally argue back to his hallucinations... Always a good sign. Um, When he does finally argue back, I thought he made quite an interesting point. What I took from it was he was saying, actually, it's not that I'm ignoring the world. It's not that I'm pretending this stuff isn't happening. Mm. What you haven't understood is that facing up to it, for me, looks like this. Mm. When I look at this world and when I look at what's happening, this is what I do as a result. Yeah. It's not a mistake.
0: It, it's just that it looks remarkably like not facing up to it.
1: Yeah, it did a bit. <laughs> but it's quite an interesting thing for his character to say. Was, yeah. You know, actually, for me, this is what it looks like to be part of this. Yeah. And that's a sort of... It's a more interesting thing than I thought they were going to do with him.
0: <laughs> the words valid lifestyle choice come to mind.
1: <laughs> oh, it's a little bit of that, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> so he goes into full delusion and they cut off his arm and, and they make good their escape. mm a few things to note as we go through this. One thing I was really happy to see was that they showed Rick missing a headshot. Yeah. Hitting the body first yeah. and then hitting the head. I was yeah. like, yes!
0: I was really surprised by that. I yeah. was just expecting Rick to take that walker out first shot. Yeah. And that's quite, it was notable. Yeah. It's like, oh.
1: They really, missed. they put it front and center. It's like, mm. see, we can do this sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And they had, I really, I was trying so hard not to laugh, but they had the semi-comical scenes of these four thin people trying to move Chad Coleman through the forest. (laughs) The largest man alive. (laughs) And not that he's hugely tubby or anything, but he's just...
0: It's just a big man. It's
1: built like a brick shit house. Mm. And they were having to shunt him through those walker traps. I'll tell you what, if those walker traps are only in one spot and they chose to not go around <laughs> that time,
0: <laughs> They all deserve to die. They
1: should have died. <laughs> when they get back to the wrecked cars, there's a couple of nice things, cinematic things, not actually nice to watch.
0: I was going to say, nothing happened that was nice. What are you <laughs> talking about? But when Everything's they're... awful, Kate, haven't <laughs> What's happened to you? <laughs> this is a show where nothing nice happens ever.
1: There was the nice parallel with the walker in the car.
0: What do you mean? So just
1: as they're putting Tyrese into the car, yes. they showed several quite lingering shots of the walker trapped in the other car. Yeah. So you had two dead men walking right. in cars, and I thought that was quite a nice parallel. Okay. And the other thing that occurred, of course, is that the... The
0: van opens.
1: What sort of weird eject button did that van have on its back bumper bar? But anyway, (laughs) leaving that aside...
0: (laughs) It was very much like that. It was like (laughs) like the doors kind of sprung open and sort of flung torsos. (laughs) <laughs> With the force of the doors opening, yeah. Maybe there was negative pressure inside the They'd van. They've been vacuumed. Yeah, vacuum-packed into the van, <laughs> and they were sucked out by the air pressure. You know. Anyway.
1: <laughs> anyway, so they fly all over the bottom of the car, but it's. What that really just does is show us that really ominously there were a bunch of legs near the town and a bunch of torsos in a place they couldn't have got themselves to in a van nearby. Well,
0: they weren't just torsos. They were specifically armless torsos. Torsos with heads. That was it. Yeah. So someone had very carefully de-legged and de-armed these zombies and loaded them up into a van to take them somewhere. Do
1: you know what I was thinking? What? Legless, armless biters mm. would make an amazing fence.
0: Yes, they would. Like, they'd
1: be an amazing defensive fence for yes. whatever your setup was.
0: Yeah, that's true. You just put them on top of the wall and all around the wall.
1: No <laughs> you just, just getting into that. stick
0: them to the wall and then, oh my god, that would be it.
1: I mean, at least humans who were coming into your yes. camp would have to fight their way in as well yes. as fighting their way out. Yes. Which could be good deterrent. Yes. I really hope they weren't just creepy garden gnomes, because that's a lot of effort just for some ornaments.
0: It could be part of a trend, though. I mean, the governor had his aquariums full of zombie heads. They could have been garden gnomes. <laughs> you could find a mansion later on in the season with someone whose garden, literally, they've actually dug little holes and they've got these sort of half torsos sticking out and maybe some of them have got like, little fishing rods stuck onto them. You know, with their little fishing rods going, I just hope
1: they've got Aah. amazing pointy hats. <laughs> So they reverse away from the torsos and they drive away. And you have the final scenes of Tyrese in the back seat. And instead of in the car with all his living friends, he's in the car with all his dead friends. Yeah. And obviously when they ran away, they ditched some of the hallucinations back in the town. Because now it's just the happy ones. Now it's car.
0: just the happy ones. And he it's told really... the bad ones what for.
1: Exactly. It's if... oh, he did actually. So yeah. He got to exercise those first. I worst. know. <laughs> it's quite a nice peaceful scene.
0: Yeah. You see the moment where he accepts his decisions, mm. accepts who he is, and accepts that he's dead.
1: Yeah. And they laid the premise on with a trowel a bit with the radio, but yes. I thought it was quite nicely done.
0: Did you pay a lot of attention to what the radio was actually saying?
1: Uh, yes. I have a couple of thoughts about
0: it. Oh, okay. Because I, I only have one thought about it. What? That the radio was describing his group as the bad guys roving around, you know, attacking people, and he was part of the rebels who were fucking shit up.
1: Yeah, I thought about that as well. I also thought it had obviously been designed to sound like a BBC World broadcast of, for example, some of the massacres in Rwanda.
0: That's what came to my mind as well. Yeah.
1: I thought it was very interesting that when they wanted to show real news of the world they mm. had to play the BBC, not an American <laughs> news organisation
0: Americans don't know how to make the news
1: That's true, that's true
0: They make infotainment They really do,
1: and it's not that entertaining <laughs> It's not, that, it's not, not that, that, informative. that information
0: <laughs> Not that informative
1: <laughs> Anyway It's quite a beautiful peaceful scene, mm. and he does as you say, he finally accepts that he can look away now Yeah It's very sad. We have another quite gracefully done shot where they show the group stopping from a distance and having to take him out of the car. And then there's the burial. Gabriel's performing the rites.
0: Father useless.
1: Yeah, well, he had a purpose this episode.
0: You and I both know he was doing literally nothing in this episode. Well, what he was
1: doing was staying out of the way as they dug a hole.
0: He only barely managed it.
1: Yeah, no, he didn't do much. And we see a lot of the group putting their particular shovel full of soil onto Mm. the body. So there's Sasha and there's Noah and you get the final shot of Rick who seems to be, after everyone's done their one ritualistic shovel full, Mm. Rick's the one who actually has to fill the grave back
0: in. Yeah.
1: And he, man, he looks fed up
0: Mm.
1: when he's set into that big pile of dirt.
0: Do you think he's fed up with saying goodbye to people? Oh yes. Okay. No, I, don't, I don't think he was, was
1: like, it's always my turn to dig the grave.
0: <laughs> but it is. It is. <laughs> in fact, the last time I think graves were dug, it was him and Tyrese. Yeah. So this time he's thinking, fuck, the only other person who's dug graves is dead. Why did you have to die, Tyrese? Why? <laughs> you were rubbish at fighting, but at least you dug graves. Yeah.
1: Uh, yes, I did. I thought that a little bit, but mostly I thought he looked <laughs> properly fed up with having to bury people. Yes. And that's the end of the episode. I have a really quick question. Did they bury Tyrese as an unkilled walker? That's
0: what I was thinking. When they took him out of the car, and they had their individual, oh my god, we've lost another one moment. No one leaned down and put a knife through his head. When you saw him in the grave, I did not see any visible signs of head trauma to indicate they'd stopped him from becoming a walker. Yeah. I I suppose it could have been in the back of the head.
1: When they're by the car, one of the very last bits of one of the shots is Michonne pulling her katana out.
0: Oh, okay. It's her
1: reaching for the handle of her katana. Maybe she did do something, and yeah, like you say, maybe it's at the side of the head or something, but I really...
0: Well, I looking was was at the hard. back of the head.
1: I was looking hard as well and couldn't mm. see where there was evidence that they'd done it.
0: Yeah. I suppose if it's someone that you really care about and you know that you can have to present this body to his sister, yeah. you're not going to be shoving a blade through his face. I think probably what she would have done would have been to roll him over and very carefully pierced his brain stem at the back of the head, at the top of the neck.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they had time to do that, so. yeah. But the whole shot, I was just sitting there going, are they just burying him kind of alive? Like, anyway, I'm sure they would,
0: but I'm
1: glad I wasn't the only one who thought it. So that's the end of the episode.
0: Hmm.
1: Let's start with something before we actually get into the meat of the episode. What did you think of this? Before we've done that, (laughs) you know, before we chew on the gristle,
0: (laughs) right? Before we snap open the bones and suck Suck the marrow marrow out,
1: yes. What did you think of this as what is essentially a half-season opener?
0: I thought it was an interesting choice not to show the direct aftermath of Beth's death. They clearly decided for the moment anyway to just skip over that. There's clearly been a length of time between the mid-season finale and this premiere. Mm-hmm. We don't know how long it's been, but it's clearly been more than a few days, I think. So, yeah, it's an interesting choice. I think that it makes sense from the point of view of not always wanting to do what the audience expect. Because that's the logical place to go. It would have been, you know, the grieving episode for Beth. Mm-hmm. And instead, we sort of fast forward to how has this most recent event, cumulatively with everything else they've experienced, but most recently Beth's death, how has this actually influenced them in a permanent way? Yeah. And, as you said before, Glenn seems to have become this kind of cynical, fatalistic, (laughs) why do we bother doing anything kind of person. Michonne has, if anything, I think it's galvanised her idea about, well, the world is shit... It makes it more important to have somewhere safe. Yeah. And Rick is sort of questioning the purpose of any choice. At least choices which aren't directly affecting the people in his group. So yeah, I think it was an interesting choice to skip over the immediate aftermath of Beth's death. I think it was a good choice.
1: Yes, I do too.
0: I think it made the episode more interesting. And losing another cast member immediately. I mean, of course... (laughs) I've had issues with Tyrese, yes. so I'm, I'm not really cut up about the fact that he's leaving the show. I think they did a lot with his death, though. I found it very interesting, and I'm, I'm really pleased about that. Up until this point, I have found his moral qualms about having to do the things that you have to do in this world really quite tiresome, mainly because every time he seemed to have maybe made some progress, the same issue would come up again. Yes. Which was annoying. Yeah. yeah frankly, it was annoying. So, yeah, it was good getting some resolution to that.
1: Going to this particular group on this particular effort to get Noah home, it allowed two things to happen. One, it allowed an episode to happen where, mostly, we were away from the characters who you would expect to be utterly devastated. There was no Maggie, there was no Daryl, there was no Carol, except for a few radio Mm -hmm. buzzers. So a group who aren't utterly devastated primarily, Mm. so who are very upset but are able to have these conversations about what are we going to do next, and it allows them to reset the group's mission Mm. for this second half of the season. So what are they going to do now? They're going to try and get to Washington. Yeah. If we'd gone straight into what I'm sure will be next week quite a bit of grieving Mm. with some of those characters... I mean, it's appropriate that they should be grieving, but, yes. but if we'd gone straight to that story, mm. it could be two episodes of angst and grief and debate before we get to the point of resetting the mission and having a new plan. And having that drive to get somewhere mm. is what worked really well in the second half of last season when mm. everyone was aiming for Terminus or trying mm. to find each other mm. again. And having that drive and having that goal, I think, is always really important for this show working. So I thought that was a good choice for a thing to do with this opening episode. I completely agree as well about keeping the audience on your toes. This is not at all what I expected them to do, but I thought it was a good episode. Yes. Like you, I have had so many issues with Tyrese. (laughs) But Chad Coleman, who plays him, is fantastic. Mm. And this episode showed how good he can be. And they gave him... Despite having been the reason that most people wanted him to go... They gave him an amazing send-off of an episode. And they gave him at least a chance to justify
0: himself. Yeah, that was the other thing that I found very satisfying. His discussions with his hallucinations really helped clarify Mm. the things that he had done. And I wouldn't go so far as to say it absolved him of the frustrations that we felt about his decisions. But it softened them a bit. Understanding where he came from made his character that much more likeable, I mm. suppose. And mm. meant that, you know, despite the fact that you and I had our issues, we weren't cheering at his send off.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: He was no Laurie.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or even, I mean, to be fair, the fact that I found him what I thought to be mostly annoyingly written. Mm. It's a very different feeling at his departure than, say, to Shane's, Mm. where Shane Shane was actually dastardly, and hurrah, he's been killed. Yes. I'm certainly not doing a little happy dance because Tyrese is gone. No. How are your feelings about Tyrese different after this episode to what they were before?
0: They're not very different. I feel like I understand his character more. I still feel, though, that he's not the sort of person that is going to live a long life in this world. And if he has made his peace with that, then I can feel happy about that. Mm. You know, if, if he was able to reach a point where he felt okay about maintaining the person that he was and that that meant that he had a limited lifespan and that he spent it doing what he could for his friends, I'm okay with that. It was satisfying.
1: It was very satisfying and it was, it was a... They explored the character quite effectively, I thought. I wonder about... Early in the episode, he talks when he's giving his terrible pep talk, (laughs) he talks about how you can't give up and you can't accept death. Basically, he's saying, don't suicide, kid. Whereas what he sort of comes to by the end of the episode, at least, is, and I, I know that he gets bitten, so in some sense the choice is taken at that stage, but if you make the argument that he is bitten and he has a limited lifespan because of the approach he's taking, then he does kind of choose a kamikaze approach. Mm. So that's, it's really interesting that his pep talk isn't things will get better or... His pep talk is specifically you can't choose the suicide option. Mm. Except he kind of has as well. Just in a really sort of slow, frustrating to watch kind of way.
0: <laughs> yes. Perhaps, though, what that is is, I guess, yet another acknowledgement that he's doing what he can. And if giving a pep talk in which he's trying to convince someone that losing everybody they've ever known mm. is not the yeah. end, then he will do it. Even if it's not something that he himself could actually follow through on. Does that make sense? It
1: does, yeah. It's,
0: and I think it's another example of him doing what he could until he couldn't anymore. Yeah. And in that sense, he doesn't actually have to follow his own advice. Yes. He just has to do what he can to make this journey easier for other people. And I reckon that's what he was doing.
1: And in that context, it makes sense. Mm. Moving on to other topics. What do you think about Plan Washington?
0: I think it makes for an interesting rest of the season. Mm. Like you said, the show is at its best when they have a goal and they're having to work towards it, having to go somewhere or do something. So I think it bodes quite well, actually, for the rest of the season.
1: In-universe, do you think it's a good plan, a good idea?
0: Yeah, probably. Yep. If I had been Rick, and I had been having that conversation with Michonne and Glenn, I would found Michonne's argument the more compelling of the two. Me, well, why do you bother? Everything's shit anyway. Nothing seems to work out. It's walkers for breakfast, walkers for dinner. <laughs> Let's all just accept that, shall we? <laughs> Until we are theirs. There's that, or Michonne, who says, well, we could do that, <laughs> because we know what that looks like. Being surrounded by walk-aparts and grief Mm -hmm. forever. Or we could try for something better. Because the thing is that, at worst, they'll end up where they are now. If it doesn't work out, they will just be where they are now. And I suppose you could make an argument about, you know, people can't continually have their hopes raised and dashed and raised and dashed because that is a soul-destroying exercise. But for a lot of people, you also can't not have any hope at all. You can't live without a purpose. I suppose some people can, but a lot of people can't. You know, you can't just kind of exist. That's what Michonne was getting at, really.
1: It's sort of an echoing of what Abraham said a while back. Yeah. I think there is a lot of merit in the whole, well, what else have we got going on kind Mm. of argument we're going to be travelling in some direction or other, it might as well be towards a chance. Yeah. So there's a lot of argument for that, I think. But on the other hand, I don't think Glenn's argument is a totally nihilistic one or fatalistic one. Another way to phrase his position is, look, things are going to be really terrible a lot of the time, maybe even all the time, and we all need to get okay with that. Like, actually, if you can't face up to... I mean, look at Tyrese. If you can't face up to the fact that actually a lot of the time this is going to be walkers for breakfast, walkers for dinner, Mm. and occasional deaths of friends, Mm. or not-so-occasional deaths of friends, Mm. if you can't get okay with that... I mean, Mm. Michonne was looking really panicked at the idea that they wouldn't head for Washington. So what happens to someone with Michonne's outlook... When it all goes to shit for the 10th, 11th, 12th time.
0: Well, I think now is the time to remember that Michonne has travelled down the path of I don't care anymore. Mm. She did that. She did that, I'm just going to live on my own with my pet walkers on chains to keep me safe and I will just wander around with my sword not giving fucks about anything. She did that and she decided this was better. So I would say that in terms of experience... In terms of who has the greater authority to say which of these paths is better, I'd say Michonne probably has the experience to know in a way that Glenn doesn't. Glenn is having his first taste of what it feels like to be so down that you feel like there's no point doing anything anymore. But Michonne's been there. She's done that. She's come out the other side and gone, you know what, actually, if you got nothing, you got nothing. And something's always better than nothing.
1: Well, that's true. I mean, unlike, say, Tyrese or some of the other characters we've had, no one could accuse Michonne of not having been absolutely nose-to-nose yeah. with the reality of what's happening.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm not sure what I think about Washington being a safe zone. I have serious doubts about any city being okay. Yeah. I'm very much in the Glenn point of view on this one.
0: Well, the thing is, that the cities of today are built to encourage access Yes, they're not like the cities of a thousand years ago, surrounded with walls built to keep people out. Yeah, these are cities saying, "Come live here, come trade here, come do business here." They are open; they are designed to allow free movement in and out of the city. So, I think you're right. I'm not particularly hopeful that Washington's going to be okay, but given that it was the seat of government. Mm. Given that, as the seat of government, it would have had a lot of contingencies for situations like this. Like it, not exactly like well, so, I it. I mean, but, so that's In you know, all of
1: the scenarios about, oh, well, such and such a place would have been better equipped to deal with this, mm. right? One of the main premises of any zombie apocalypse is that no one knew how to deal with it when it first happened. Yeah. And so the contingencies that they built for dealing with terrorist attacks or coups or but natural one- disasters, none, yeah. of them, none of them have the same sets of problems that you have in a world where anyone who dies or got weirdly scratched by a homeless guy on their way to the bunker, mm. you know.
0: I would imagine that if there are safe places, the safe places are bunkers. I'm not saying that I'm definitely sure that there's going to be all these bunkers in Washington with thriving communities living underground dodging out every now and then to get some stuff and running back to the bunker, but I think that if
1: I just feel like if maybe, there is
0: life, that's probably how it's living.
1: Maybe fair enough. I think maybe that they're going to get to Washington, find a bunker, open it, and find it full of walkers.
0: Oh, yeah, there's probably a few of them too
1: yeah. I'm <laughs> um, Me and Glenn can be pessimists together. This is another episode where favourite moment is probably the wrong phrase. What's the moment that stayed with you most from this episode?
0: I reckon the moment that stands out most for me is that moment of resolution for Tyrese in the car at the end. That moment where all at the same time he accepts, lets go, finds resolution, leaves. That's probably it.
1: Well, for once we're going to completely agree because... Not only did I think that was a real standout moment, but I can't think of anything that comes even close to it from the episode. Mm. That moment of resolution in the car was really touching and beautifully done. Mm. Very sad.
0: And sad, but you know, like I said, Tyrese was annoying on many levels.
1: He was. I'm not
0: happy to see him go. I'm not broken about it either.
1: Yeah. I'm in this weird space because, again, I quite like Tyrese. I hate don't
0: like Harry acts in certain situations. No, no.
1: I have this weird mental framework in which Tyrese isn't responsible for his behaviour. That's the, the writer's, writer's fault. <laughs> so I hate how the writer's treated and abused Tyrese. <laughs> it's not a fair thing to think about a character. <laughs> or about the writers. What was the zombie killer like?
0: I feel like it was the wedge that Rick removed from the head of one of the zombies who was attacking Noah when he was on his way back to find them after Tyrese yep. got attacked. I think it was the one that attacked Michonne. There was a metal thing stopping her from catch, cutting yeah. his head off. Yeah. And I think it was that zombie that Rick sliced his machete and actually like removed a wedge of the skull and brain.
1: Yeah.
0: I thought that was quite good. That was pretty good. What about you? Did you have one?
1: I actually was on the lookout for the whole episode and Mm. I didn't, but I think, I mean, I kind of liked the toy playing through the eyeball. That was
0: pretty good. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's got a novelty factor.
0: (laughs) It does. (laughs) Yes. And it's also got the impact factor of this is him killing his zombie little brother. Yeah, jeez.
1: He didn't really even get time to react to that. No,
0: I feel like he deserves it in the next episode. Yeah.
1: They've obviously been clearing the decks a little bit of some characters and there's going to be space in the coming episodes for these new ones who we don't know that much about yet. But Mm. yeah, Noah can't keep just being an adjunct to the group for much longer. Yeah. What score would you give the episode out of 10?
0: I'm going to let you go first because I always go first. What a
1: gentleman. (laughs) Look, I thought it was very well done. But it was kind of a really well-produced veil that they were drawing over a whole lot of problems as well. Mm -hmm. It would have been so much more impactful if they hadn't had this whole period of time where Tyrese was totally useless. (laughs) I think I would give it a seven and a half.
0: Okay. Mm. I was thinking eight. Mm -hmm. And that was mainly because I feel like I want to reward the writers for finally writing Tyrese in a way that I could respect (laughs) So, <laughs> so are you gonna
1: send them that half a point in the
0: bag yeah you know? yeah, yeah yeah i'm gonna say this is just for you just for you this, guys this half a point just for you yeah. well i think that it's quite an achievement to <laughs> take a character like that where i reckon literally every time he was coming onto the screen i was just going oh and thinking to myself tyrese don't fuck it up don't fuck it up yeah You know, getting it from that point where if he'd happened to have died in any other way, I probably would have been like, yeah.
1: About time. About
0: time. Yeah. To get to the point where I was, like I said, I I was not cheering his departure at the end. Yeah. I think that's quite an achievement. So yeah, eight for that. Yeah. Shifting my feelings a long way.
1: They really did. And Mm. really, Chad Coleman is a really good actor. I loved him in The Wire and was so pleased when he turned up on this show. And finally, I mean, they did a little bit of stuff in the episode at the cabin in the woods where they have to kill Lizzie. He had some big weights to lift around then, and and he had some more this episode. But by and large, they just haven't used this brilliant Mm. resource that they've had. Mm. They haven't used him.
0: No, except when they wanted to thrust him into danger and then miraculously have him walk out of it by, you know, tapping into his inner Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. agonising about it afterwards.
1: Yeah. Well, that was a. I mean, that was a weird instance because the Inner Hulk scene is a scene straight out of the comics. Mm. It's not exactly the same setting, but it's the scene of them being sure they'd left him to die with a huge horde, and actually him and his hammer was enough to win the day. Mm. That's something straight out of the comics, and that was an instance I think where they took what is an iconic scene from the source material, mm. but didn't actually make it. Sit right within.
0: Yeah, they didn't support it
1: within what they're doing. Yeah, yeah,
0: they didn't build the right scaffolding around the character for that to have the effect it should have.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about the back half of the season. You I should. know I say that every time it comes around, <laughs> I am annoyed by the time they get to the finale and excited when they start again.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, they keep you coming back. They've got you hooked, Kate. They do. They do. It's like <laughs> crack. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any feedback, please send it to tppfeedback at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter as at tppfeedback, and you can find us on Facebook just by searching for The People's Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Unless it's cruel. Then you can fuck right off. Bye!
1: We'll bye!
0: Of the revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. Father, useless. Okay. I agree, <laughs> Well, we're back to See you doing. <laughs>
1: going his house.
0: I'll just put everyone in danger by no, not following the plan. when's does Tari's find the weights to stay so big?
1: Well, some
0: people are big. he looks like he does. You know, weights. He looks a little bit like he's
1: at the only pie shop in the apocalypse too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh Jesus. Jesus. Oh, my. Oh!
1: Well, oh! huh? that's it. Hey. Yeah,
0: they're right in the Wow. We're getting some cameos that's in here.
1: Said. Oh, this
0: Oh.
1: Oh. My. Oh, me. Nope.
0: Wow. So dead. <laughs> so dead. Oh, yeah. Wow. Rapidly not liking Noah.
1: Oh! Whoa! Fucking
0: hell. Fucking hell. Mm. Oh! Wow. Oh, come on. Oh, really? That's really weird. That is really weird. That was intense.
1: I have so many thoughts. So...